Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right then, um, should we go for a walk? Should we head out into the sun and all go for a nice walk together? Because it's a beautiful afternoon. And I'm coming to you a little later than planned because I lost my keys. Um, which is Nupa's ideal. Uh, the... Is there anything more fun than looking over into someone else's garden? Just peering over a little fence. Absolutely lovely. I've become a plant expert of late. What have they got going on in there? I see tomatoes ripening on the vine. They'd be expensive if they were in Waitrose, wouldn't they? Um, half swallowing a fly. Open, opening a gate. I'm coming too late because I lost my keys, um, but I used my air tag that I have on my keys because I know myself, car driving past. Hi. Love. I always wave at everybody in the countryside. It lifts my spirits. Um, my air tag. So I don't know if any of you have ever used one of these. But you put it on your keys, and then when you lose them, you can send a, a sort of signal to it, and it will beep, so you can find them. It will, in fact, also do this sort of funny tracking thing, where it will tell you, like, you're 20 foot away, 19 foot away. So I found them, which was great. Um, and I'd say, you know, if anyone out there is a key loser, car driving past, hi, didn't wave back, fine, um, it really works. And you say valuable minutes when, you know, you could be walking and talking to you lot, for example. Now, I'll tell you what I'm wearing today, because this is a sort of fashion special. London Fashion Week special. So, the zenith of desirability in fashion. I'm wearing some Re Reebok Gore-Tex waterproof red and green trainers, which actually are my favorite thing because you can go for a run through wet grass and your feet don't get wet. I'm wearing some, I think they're high-tech Puma 
sports socks. Uh, as you can see, this is front row ready, this look. And then I'm wearing some Arquette running shorts and a bench sweater because I was doing exercise earlier. And then I'm wearing some sunglasses actually um, from Izzy Pizzy. Has anyone heard of Izzy Pizzy? It's amazing. I think it's French. Mail order sunglasses. I think they're about 35 euros and they're lovely, very stylish. And the thing about sunglasses, they're so expensive. You know, you can't put an air tag on your sunglasses. So if you lose them every two seconds, like moi, French. So if you lose them all the time, it's just stressful. But why am I talking about fashion when really the person we should be talking to about fashion is our guest today, Canadian-born, London-based, Erdem Moralioglu. Erdem is the sweetest, funniest, kindest man ever, but also happens to be in, in work this powerhouse of fashion. He is Anna Wintour's absolute favourite designer. He's dressed Michelle Obama, for God's sake. You name it, he's done it. He's done Sienna Miller. We're talking the Princess of Wales. We're talking the Duchess of Sussex. We're talking Princess of Wales being Kate Middleton, Duchess of Sussex being Meghan Markle. We're talking Adele. The list goes on. Kira Knightley. There we go. He has dressed Kira Knightley a lot. Um, <laughs> can you tell I'm his agent slash manager? I'm sorry, I should have been able to reel off those names a bit faster. Anyway, it's just to set the scene for an incredible man. And actually, this is such a deep, interesting chat. You're going to love it. So before we get there, have you caught up on the most recent episodes? Such a lovely reaction to our chat with Attitude magazine. And so many of you wrote in with what Attitude means to you. So thank you, each and every one of you who wrote in. Thank you also to the listeners who've been writing and suggesting guests. We hear you. We are contacting them all. Um, it's happening. You decide. You decide the list. We are your... And the issues as well. What issues would you like us to talk about? Do write in. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com at homosapiens on Instagram. Now let's go over to the emails. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Let me, that's me doing the email sound. Oh, and Bimini. Did you listen to Bimini? Very lovely reaction to that as well. So it's all go. Um, message from Thomas about last week's episode with Attitude. Great episode this week. Thank you, Thomas. My first issue of Attitude was the 2010 McFly cover. I used to go to self-checkout to buy it. <laughs> and put it in the bagging area face down. Oh, that's lovely. I mean, not lovely, but you know, I, I can relate. Um, one time a member of staff at Sainsbury's, I assume he was queer, said to me, you don't have to hide it, having sensed my apparent shame at being gay. Oh, this is so sweet. I quickly hurried out the shop, but these days I'm out and proud and 2010 is a distant memory. Yes, Thomas. I've not bought Attitude for a while, but do agree with their new style approach. Rather than trying to sell it with sex. Sexy photos, sorry. I think it's Matthew. It's in Matthew Todd's book, Matthew Todd being ex-editor of Attitude people, straight jacket that he tried to make the content more issue-focused, but the covers with topless men still sold the most. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Anyway, Thomas, 
What a lovely message, and I'm so pleased. Look at that journey that Attitude has been part of. It's a beautiful thing. Anthony got in touch. Hi, Homo Sapiens team. Thank you so much for the Attitude interview. It really connected with me and reminded me of my 18-year-old self who went into the same WH Smiths multiple times trying to pluck up the courage to reach the top shelf and buy a copy. It also unintentionally helped me to come out to my nan who found a copy of the Gareth Thomas issue and then switched from being an occasional homophobe to someone who proudly says, I don't care who you are, anyone in love should be able to get married when the news was full of stories about equal marriage. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm loving your nan, Anthony. I found it fascinating to hear about the campaign to get it off the top shelf, where it should never have been, quite right, thank you, Anthony, and to make it more accessible for all. I've had a subscription to the magazine for many years. It's always allowed me to feel more connected to the gay world, my gay identity, much like the Homo Sapiens podcast. Much love, Anthony. That is really lovely to hear. That is really lovely to hear. It's interesting because, just because of, you know, the sheer volume of numbers of the way the world is built. You know, we're not invited to connect with our queer self often. And actually it's why I still listen to Women's Hour every day because I know it's not for me. But most days, not every day, literally most days, it invites me to connect with, think about how what's going on in the world connects with me personally. And I'm so pleased Attitude has done that for you. And I'm very pleased that Homo Sapiens has done that for you as well. So thank you, Anthony. Message from Rob. Hello, Homo Sapiens team. Hello, Rob. I've just seen this from friend of, guest of the podcast, Patagonia, about a pin map to post queer community groups for further community building outside of clubs and bars. I saw this. This is so cool. It's for any queer groups to use around the world. I thought it might be interesting for the podcast team and also the listeners. Rob, thank you, Rob. So Rob has sent this thing. So if you go to Patagonia's Instagram, the uh, Patagonia, the um, environmentalist activist drag queen who came on, still available on the feed. Patty posted this thing, which is sort of like you can put in, I think it's mainly America, but you can put in where you live and it'll show you like queer groups near you that are, what's the word? basically not based around alcohol. I think it's so cool. So that's very exciting. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, that's all we've got time for on messages. There's been so many more this week. So I will put, what do you call them? Bookmarks and thumbnails. Thumbnails? No, just bookmarks. Thumbnails are different things. Keep hold of your thumbnails. Do you want them? And we will visit more of your messages next week. Um, as we do every week. And I think it's about time we go and have a chat with Erdem. It's very exciting to have Erdem here. Something I forgot to say at the beginning, by the way, which is super important about Erdem. Erdem was one of the first names we ever wrote on a piece of paper of who we wanted to talk to on this podcast when it first started. He has quietly been representing for a long, long time. And the reason it's particularly funny or interesting, I think, is because the Attitude episode last week when we were talking to Darren and Cliff, they reminded me something which I had forgotten, which was nobody was really out when this podcast started. I mean, of course there were some people, but it's not like it is today. And I, in my head, sort of thought that was 20 years ago, not 10. So 
it's just fascinating. And Adam is someone who's quietly represented from the beginning. And there is a sense of quiet excellence about him, which, uh, and he is a person who thinks beautifully about so many things and is very thoughtful. And um, that's why I love this chat. So um, let's have a listen to part one. There's a part two on the feed. Um, here we go. Here's my lovely chat with Adam. Don't I look like I'm like in the hub of a space station? You look incredibly uh, professional. Look at all the, the lights. Adam is drinking from a porcelain teacup. Would that be right? I am drinking from a teacup. I asked for a cup of coffee. Maybe normally it would be a mug, but today is a special occasion. Wow. So it's a teacup. It's a teacup kind of day. <laughs> uh, where are you in the world? Uh, we are in my studio in East London. Oh, nice. So you're surrounded by books. We'll get on to books in a minute. And who's this portrait behind you? It's from the 1920s. And you know, I don't know who it is. Oh. It's from an auction. But in this case, she looks quite um, judgmental and quite grouchy. She does. But she there's something about her that, and not linked to the judgmental or grouchy, but there's something about her that slightly embodies the Erdem aesthetic, I would say. Is that what drew your eye to her? <laughs> Actually, funnily enough, maybe I'll say these kind of find me and then I have almost no choice but to kind of bring them home. <laughs> or I'll bring them home to our house and my husband will lightly <laughs> suggest that perhaps File. It, li it lives in the studio, which is his way of saying thumbs down. So that's really funny because William, my husband, has in his office is everything I've told him that needs to just go from the house. There are piles of clothes that he won't throw away, never wears. There are knickknacks that he uh, refuses to part with. So that's really funny that you get the same treatment. Um, yeah, there is many a knickknack in this room as well. Now, we're very excited to have you today. How is it coming together? I will, I will share that one of my first experiences, my first ever jobs was I was an intern at MTV and I worked on a show called MTV Style. And we used to go to all the Fashion Week shows and we would follow a designer. So we, one of our first ever things we ever did was follow Christopher Kane around when he did his first ever collection. And I used to be backstage a lot at fashion shows and they're hectic places, right? Is that still the same though? Mm, I think inevitably it is. And by the way, I love Christopher. Christopher is a great friend of, of mine and oh. he's, he's great. But um but yeah, there. Do you know what? I think they are. They attract a kind of element of hysteria. I think you have a lot of people in one area, and with that, you have lots of different kind of energies. And I often find that, like the kind of the chaos comes. You have a lot of you know, big hair teams, big makeup teams, and lots of people that you know maybe you haven't even met. Or there's just lots of people, technical people, lighting people, sound people. You know, you're often dealing with lots of people coming together for that one moment that's eight minutes long, 10 minutes long, effectively. Because that is all your work on this collection is culminated into like an eight minute catwalk show, right? What perhaps isn't clear to people is that you have all these fashion shows back to back throughout the day. And yeah. your models get sent from one show straight to the next show. And the show we were filming, all the models turned up from the previous show with their hair filled with oil. Mm -hmm. 
and it was slicked back for the previous show and they hadn't been told yes. and they were supposed to have this dry frizzy hair and they had 15 minutes to make them get the hair from oily to frizzy and it was yes everybody was running around like headless chickens and i also remember julia mcdonald famous fashion designer there was this big dress big skirt on a dress well this is what it looked like from where i was standing he suddenly decided the dress needed to be like a foot shorter so he just to shoot this girl was about to go onto the catwalk he's got these scissors out and started cutting he was like under and inside the skirt cutting all the way around the skirt to make it shorter are you that sort of person I'm usually quite decided. So by the time, you know, everyone's in lineup, I know exactly kind of what it is I'm trying to say. You know, when we fitted it so many times, it's very rare that it's like the first time. There, w- there wouldn't be someone in lineup wearing something I'd never seen before. And, and so the scissors stay <laughs> in my pocket. The scissor wielding happens when you get to that point of the actual show. You know, you've tried on that outfit on not only the model who's wearing it, but maybe 10 different models who, for whatever reason, it wasn't quite right on them. So it's, you know, there's a whole, there's definitely a whole process. But if one wanted to approach a show with an element of chaos, I think (laughs) one can. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's two things that spring to mind. One is creative work feels like it's never done. And so how do you tell yourself it's done? But also how do you, you may want calm, but you might not get it. How do you as the head of the whole thing make sure that there is calm? Good question. I think that calm and a sense of calm comes from, you know, ultimately you have to have a sense of control and calm about you and how you're doing that. And so you definitely have to go in quite calm and collected because if you're not calm and collected, then that's that becomes incredibly um, contagious. And going back to your question about creativity, you're absolutely right. You're never at that point where you feel something's complete or actually perfect for that matter. I always think, you know, whenever you look at something, I often tend to see the mistakes as opposed to the kind of the beauty of something. And, mm. and, and, and usually it takes a little bit of time, even after the show has happened, for me to be able to look at the collection and objectively say, oh, actually, I'm really happy with this body of work. But it's interesting. I was talking to a friend about this and, you know, there's very few professions, you know, where you read the next day how 
the collection's been received and, and you're yes. reading kind of criticism about, you know, theatre is one world where you have it, uh, dance, to a certain extent, film and television, your world mm. definitely has that. Um, but there's an immediacy to this live event that happens and then suddenly, you know, you're reading something in, yes. um, you know, the International Herald Tribute. That was well received, that wasn't well received. And it's interesting, actually. It's reminding me of someone said about writers the only review a writer wants is 2,000 words of deep praise. And are you looking for praise? And is it addictive? How do you take those reviews? My eyes tend to look at a review and not read them, but just see random words. You're looking for <laughs> words, w triggering words, <laughs> unsightly. Ugly, for example, you know, key words that might indicate that there's a serious issue. I'm, I'm joking. I've, I've now gotten to the point. I, I started in 2005, mm. so we're doing it now for 18, 18 odd years. I really, truly, I don't really read reviews. I really try to not read them. And then Philip, my my husband, maybe he'll be lying in bed and he'll be like this. He kind of forces me to listen to like the good ones. And then you know, over time, you also know know who's writing the the critiques and the reviews. You become friends with them. So it's a kind of it's a really interesting kind of complicated process. I think if you spend too much time thinking about it, it can almost kind of paralyze you. And actually, this body of work, this kind of almost like this manifesto, so to speak, this mm. this thing that you've created is yours, and it's so deeply personal. You know, you own that, and you. And if someone likes it, wonderful. If they don't, fine as well. You can't appeal to everyone. But there's always been a thread, or has there? You know, I'm just aware of like influences of, of Hockney, Derek Jarman. You know, one of the things mm. in you curated a magazine, you um, talked about After Dark magazine. There's always mm. been this thread through collections and things of LGBT influences. Um, yes. But then also you're speaking about her. And is, is she a person who appears to you for each collection? Is it like this sort of person you're designing for? I mean, I think she kind of appears. I almost think that, you know, each collection is like a chapter in a book and there's like a mm -hmm. thread that's related to the previous one. Usually there's like something kind of thematic that I'm kind of exploring and that, and also maybe something that I'm trying to, to say. There was a collection I did on Della and Fanny that were two men who lived as sisters just around the corner from our house in Bloomsbury. And I that kind of inspired a whole collection and mm. and looking into their lives, which was interesting. They were tried for homosexuality and they were actually acquitted. And this all happened kind of 20 years before Oscar Wilde was sentenced. And um, wow. there's always been something very interesting about our history and those stories to people living you know, very authentically as themselves in the 1860s is, is a fascinating, really beautiful story. That's incredible. Um, and so where do you do your research? Because I know you're a big fan of Gaze the Word, the bookshop. And yes, often it was the secondhand book section. Yes, I love Gaze the Word. And maybe someone from Gaze, Gaze the Word is listening, but they've made their secondhand book section quite small, which... Mm -hmm. I was always a huge fan of their used book section, which is amazing. But I will say that the bookstore is just the most extraordinary and amazing independent gay bookstore. And it's it has an amazing history and one that I encourage 
all of your listeners to go and visit when they are in London mm. on Marchmont Street. It's a really amazing, magical place, and I I often go there. Talk me through growing up. You have such an interesting childhood history. So where were you born? I was born in Montreal.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born in, in downtown Montreal, in and I have a twin sister. So.、Mm-hmm. I was born, and then fifteen minutes later, my sister followed suit. My mother was from Birmingham, from、mm. the Midlands, and my father was from Eastern Turkey, from a place called Antakya,、uh, which is very close to Syria. And we were we were born in Montreal. My parents met in in Switzerland, of kind of randomly. My father was studying there, my mum was working there, and then they moved. To they emigrated to Canada, and then shortly after, my sister and I were born. School, and it was all very kind of idyllic. Really, it was wonderful, actually. And then, you know, with every year, we would go back and visit my mother's family in Birmingham, and then we'd visit my father's family in Eastern Turkey, which was like the contrast between those those two sides was immense, as you can imagine. You can. Yeah. We also had family in Istanbul, so you'd be going from the bullring in Birmingham <laughs> to like Istanbul. You know, <laughs> yeah, Istanbul, like the top cafe、yeah. palace in Istanbul or something. It was it's an intense, amazing contrast. And of course, my parents definitely that contrast was there growing up. Even in the way they talked, the food they made, it was a kind of an upbringing of contrast.、Um, end of part one. Sun's still shining here. Please report. Still got my house keys as well, which is good. So all round we're winning.、Um, I'm loving this chat. There's more of it on part two.、Um, you know, I don't like to have favourites, but I'm going to say part two is even more lovely. So go have a listen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen. Premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi.、Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.